This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. It's a live show today. I'll explain a little bit more on that in a moment. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, anything and everything. All you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you are outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email your questions to us by emailing questions at calvaryessay.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and everything else is hands-free. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Now, yesterday, as you uh, are aware, if you tuned in, we got a bunch of calls and emails um, and texts. Um, we had an area-wide internet outage and we broadcast this over the internet uh, so I can do it from our office here. And so yesterday at the last minute, I'd call Paula and tell her, sorry, you're disinvited. You couldn't come. Oh, well. But I invited you right back because I thought a week without Paula is too much for the people <laughs> of Texas to have to endure. And actually, when you called me, I thought, oh, Lord, you just spared the people. That's so nice of you, Lord. And then a few minutes later, you called. Well, today, then, is going to be a date day edition of the program. But every question, any question, nothing is off limits. And if any of you need any encouragement, Paula is here, and she looks particularly ready to go. Thank you for coming on a Friday. You're welcome. I'm probably going to mess up and miss everything tomorrow, thinking that tomorrow <laughs> is going to be Friday. But Yeah, yeah, because we're, especially you, routine kind of yeah. guy. But you're younger than me, so you have the responsibility to remind me. Tomorrow's Saturday, baby. Okay. And tonight we have no, church. Tonight I need to be reminded church. tomorrow. Tomorrow? Okay, well, I'm reminding myself right now. <laughs> I got to be at church in a little while. Tonight we're going to talk about dress codes mm-hmm. at uh, at seven o'clock in Ephesians chapter four, and then of course um, this weekend is church for everybody. I pray that you go. I pray that you're blessed. But even more, I pray that you are a blessing to others mm-hmm. who are in church. Well, Paul, you've had an extra twenty four hours to kind of think about this program, so I'm just going to excuse myself and you take it away. Okay, <laughs> except that don't go too far. <laughs> <laughs> If I have a question or somebody else calls, and you, you got the answer, Pastor Ron. So anyway, you know, we pray that we always would be a source of encouragement on this 
uh, radio, and, you know, we are. But I'm calling for all encouragers to unite. <laughs> all of you out there with the gift of encouragement, the world needs us right now. We got a big job ahead of us. And so there's a lot of discouraged and fearful people. So, you know, sometimes encouragers, um, you know, we kind of just go along and, and, and people have, you know, different gifts. And we were like, man, that's good. You did good. Yeah, go ahead. That's right. You know, I'm so proud of you kind of a thing. But encouragers need to unite right now. First, we need to um, encourage ourselves in the Lord. You know, those scriptures um, that are on our refrigerator aren't just to be on our refrigerator. They're to be in our hearts and our minds where, you know, he will never leave us or forsake us. Um, that he works all things together for the good of those who love him to those who are called according to his purpose. And then I was, I'm reading James because on Monday, uh, Jocelyn will start the book of James for the ladies Bible study. And it says, and this one is one of those ones where you just like, be quiet. That's not going to happen. But it says, <laughs> dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, and I know in the NIV it says, when troubles or yeah, trials of many kinds come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And so we got a lot of discouraged people right now. And so if we truly believe that God who loves us, especially, uh, you know, me, because I have that plaque in my house, it's on a clock, maybe two clocks, a, th- a magnet, and then a little, <laughs> <laughs> it says, Jesus loves you, but I'm his favorite. And, and if you read it, it would say the same thing to you. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of being silly here. But at the same time, I'm not being silly. But do we believe that God is really at work working all the things together for the good of those who love him to those who are called according to his purpose? Do we really believe that he is sitting on the throne watching the the good and the evil as well, and he is still in charge. If we will encourage ourselves, encouragers out there, um, we won't be the ones falling into discouragement. And no matter how much negativity is around us, we can still say, but God's in charge. Hmm. We talked to a man yesterday, and he asked Pastor Ron, two, maybe three times, remind me that God is in charge. So I'm reminding myself, I'm reminding you, and if he happens to be listening today, we're taking this opportunity again. God is in charge. So now you want to add something, Pastor Ron? Well, just, you know, he's in charge of all things. And I think sometimes, Paula, we treat him like he's only in charge of the things that go well, the things that go according to our plan. Yeah. And we have to remember that, that God's ways are not our ways, and when something doesn't go according to plan or according to our expectations, then the fault lies with us for having the expectation in the first place. Yeah. I had a, uh, I'm, I'm glad you called for encouragers. I had a pastor friend of mine who sort of sent out a blanket email to a bunch of people today. And, and he said, you know, right now the, the world needs peacemakers. And Christians need to be peacemakers. And while it's true, the, the truth is we don't want to make peace. We don't want to bless when we're cursed. We want to fight back and we want to, with the sense of justice, we've been wronged or this is wrong. And, and um, um, Jesus said, blessed or happy are the peacemakers. And I would add today, happy are the encouragers. And you're absolutely right. There isn't a time in my recent memory where I can think of 
uh, the church it needed encouragers more than it does now uh, because too many of us have forgotten that Jesus really is still in charge. I mean, we can say it, we know it intellectually, Mm -hmm. but it hasn't really affected what we're struggling with right now. And, uh, you know, I tell people all the time that it's easy for me to stay encouraged because I live with the world's greatest encourager. But um, um, we all need to be that. We need to convince people to look up when it's more pleasing in a satisfying way to look down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our flesh wants to grumble and growl a little bit. Yep. And, and we, we have this, this instinctive sense of justice. It's not right. And regardless of which side of the division you fall on, um, if things were absolutely reversed, it would be the other side that sure. would be screaming and yelling. Um, but, but here's the thing. Our call as believers is to be peacemakers, to be encouragers, and to be more concerned about our brothers and sisters than we are about what we're feeling. And then what we're to do is to deny what we're feeling, not mm-hmm. not be in denial, mm-hmm. but to deny what we're feeling mm-hmm. and make a decision that we're going to serve Jesus. Yeah, yeah. You know, when the disciples gathered together afraid of the Jews, you know, they in the upper room, they all gathered together. There's a, oh no, Jesus is dead. And, you know, now what are we going to do? He's not here to protect us and take care of us. It didn't work out the way they thought. And so... Um, but he still said, shalom, peace. He, yeah. he still Jesus, popped in through the wall. Jesus came to them, you know, and especially, um, we call him Doubting Thomas. And I think, he, like you say, I think he was more hurting and fearful. Crushed. Yeah. And so he just wouldn't let himself believe it, you know. But after a while, it's like, you know, I'm missing something. I need to go be back with the other disciples. Yeah, you know, Paula, what, te- what, what tells us a lot about Thomas's heart is it only took him a week. Yeah. A week later. Now, he missed a week. Now, we'd look back in history and think, well, what's a week? You know, I know he had a bad... But, but that would have been the worst week of his life. Mm-hmm. He was out of fellowship. Uh, he, he wasn't connected to, to the Christ that he loved. Um, but he wasn't connected to the other brothers. And he Lord. couldn't get encouraged. And yeah, being at yeah. home for that week, you know, the enemy was having a field day, right? Yeah. Just, you know, what kind of faith do you have and or if he was really the Christ? Because people didn't believe that he would die. So maybe you were wrong this whole time. And just on and on, you know, the thoughts that the enemy will bring to us to bring us down. You know he was going through one horrible week. Yeah, and and tragically, we Christians get caught up in these things forever and ever. I, I've I've got people that uh, I've seen in my office in tears over over political situation. Mm. Uh, again, they're so hurt because it's not fair. It's like when did we ever expect government to be fair on either side of the aisle? Mm-hmm. Um, um, everything is going to fall apart. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against His church. That's right. And yet, many of us are living as though hell is one. And what we've got to do is remember to stay with him. Yeah. And uh, sadly, Paul, well, Thomas was only that way for a week. I've, I've sat with people uh, and spoken with people just in the last few days who it appears to me are going to be there for a much longer time than that simply because they're angry and they want to get even and um, you know, this, this, our flesh wants to go to war. Mm. Uh, our flesh doesn't want to surrender. 
We don't want to trust. It's almost like, well, well, then they're going to get away with it. Well, nobody gets away with anything. Nope. It's mine to repay, That's says right. the Lord. That's exactly right. And we've got to remember that and hold on to it. Mm-hmm. You know, if we go to Psalm 73, where, you know, it talks, Asaph was talking about, you know, the, the arrogant get away with all of these things. They don't have the troubles like regular people do, you know, and then they tell all of these things and their people just lap it up and believe them. And they say, God doesn't even know what's going on, you know, kind of a thing. Like he's not aware of all these things. Um, And we begin to believe that. But he said, I couldn't understand all this craziness going on. It just didn't seem fair until I went into the house of the Lord, until I went into his sanctuary. And then I got his perspective on this as he's watching, you know, do we look like ants down here? Do we look like grasshoppers? Or what do we look like to him? We're just a bunch of little nothings, really, who matter a great deal to him from his perspective. He's watching it all. Do we really believe it? Um, and it takes a while. It takes a while because I used to doubt the Lord all the time. You guys know. Um, and then he would come through, and then I'd feel stupid for not trusting him. But and, he's and, watching. Yeah, and you did a lot of guilt. <laughs> a lot of guilt. A lot of guilt. And I, and I really, and I tell people this a lot of times when they come here to this church. Look, I don't co- consider myself um, uh, the right kind of material to be a spiritual leader, so to speak. But I'm here, and I can tell you what I've learned and am learning. And so if you have some doubts, no worries. We all have doubts. But God always proves himself, and he understands our doubts because we're frail, weak humans. And so you have to grow. That's why being going into his sanctuary, he's able to shh. Settle down. All this stuff, I'm not caught off by by it. I know and I knew. And I will never leave you or forsake you. So the thing about him telling me over these many years, <clears throat> reboot, resolve, you know, all these things. But now, Paula, relax and trust me. I have to keep reminding myself of that. Because the turmoil and the noise just continues and so he's telling us, and, and it's no coincidence, and I tried to not do James. I really tried not to do the book of James because I was thinking, you know, between now and Christmas, and then it's going to break up. And then, so I tried to avoid it until January. <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> but the first couple of, this first verse after the, the initial greeting, greetings, hey, Things are going to happen. Consider it pure joy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Paula, um, one of the things that we experience, um, uh, and I'm sure everybody does, but but I'll make this personal. When we're we're teaching something, we have a tendency to go through the the things that we're talking about in that particular study or in Mm -hmm. in the the particular chapters that we're studying. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I think the the audience would benefit uh, from you Answering the question, how do I consider it pure joy when I'm going through all these different kinds of trials? Yeah. And since you don't struggle anymore with trials, oh, go, yeah. go ahead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that 
it's it's looking for Jesus in it, saying, okay, Lord, you know all the days of my life, every one of them. They're not a surprise to you. So, Lord, because you know and you're here with me, instead of me asking the question, and this is what I've had to learn over the years, Pastor Ron, instead of me asking, why, Lord, am I going through this? How long is it going to last? And on and on and on. It's like, okay, Lord, you've allowed this in my life. You've allowed it to hit my life. What can I learn from this? And you can't, at, at home, listening to me, you can't see that I take my arm and I perceive that Jesus is standing right next to me and I put my arm in his arm so I know that I'm safe. I'm walking. There it is, Pastor Ron, just walking with Jesus. Um, I'm walking with Jesus, scared. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I'm very, very scared, but I keep going with him. Um, Just like in my a vision that I had a long time ago. I'm walking through that desert and there's snakes and alligators and stuff coming at me. But the Lord says, did anything bite you? I don't think so. And so I keep going. Not that it's not scary and fearful, but I'm with him, and he just keeps bringing me along with him. That yeah. my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He takes that. Yeah, I think, Paul, if you um, consider how you just answered the question, how do you find it or consider it? It's not joyful, mm-hmm. but how do you consider it pure joy when you're going through trials? The answer is to be with Jesus. Yep, that's it. And and in his presence is the fullness of joy. Yeah. And the joy of the Lord, Nehemiah adds, is, is my strength. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got to learn that lesson. In times like we're, the ones we're going through now, um, uh, maybe the Lord is telling us as Christians, too many of us have been way too invested in politics. Maybe we've been looking for deliverance or from help from the wrong sources. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, what, what we've got to do to be encouragers and to be peacemakers is to be with him. You gotta he was, look up. He was the great encourager. He was a peacemaker. You know, Paul writes uh, to the Church of the Hebrews that uh, we are to throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. That's two different things. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us are going to let the political situation in this country um, continue to cause us to hinder. And instead of letting go of it, getting rid of it, um, we're grabbing onto it and and inundating ourselves with with all these commentaries and um, you know each news show as each day goes by gets angrier and angrier um, and in fact we we listen even to our president's tirades and and um, I, I think I think there's a time we got to say no 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 I'm going to fix my eyes mm-hmm. on Jesus the author and the perfecter of our faith yeah the other day I went to go get my hair cut just as a little story. And, you know, in the background, and it's a barbershop. It's a barbershop, and it's, you know, no offense, but it's kind of a crazy typical kind of barbershop. They talk loud. Um, they don't care how they talk, not just loud, but some of the words that they say. Um, and they talk bad about, and then they have this other guy has kind of nasty movies going sometimes, and they're talking about this, and, you know, and the guy who cuts my hair, I say, you know, I don't want you to talk like that when I'm here. But I can't, you know, he's right over my head. But the rest of the people in there, and it's just angry, angry, angry. And before long, if I don't focus on the Lord, then I'm angry. I pray before I go in there, Lord, 
put your hand around my shoulder and your other hand over my mouth because I don't want to get involved in that kind of conversation. And so the Lord's been really, especially this, this week, really sweet to me that I was able to sing a song in my head and not really listen and get involved. But the news, the people everywhere um, want to get involved in all of this. And instead of just being angry at the situation, I could be angry at even you. Because um, we're just, it's just, the, the whole atmosphere is just angry. I have to really, really put my arm in Jesus' arm. Yeah. I, think, I think it goes along with protecting ourselves. You know, I'm a, as you know, Paul, I was a journalism major in college and, mm-hmm. and uh, I love the news. I always have. It's just been part of me from the time, really, I was a little boy. Sure. And um, um, I have had to since, um, actually, election night, um, kind of shield myself from it. I got, I got to protect what I do. I got to protect who I am. Mm-hmm. I got to be sure to protect my witness. And, and if, if I'm getting angry, then I'm forfeiting the right that God has given me to, to be a voice that other people can hear. So, um, you know, I value my calling. I value my relationship with Jesus um, way more than I value um, hearing the things that interest me in this particular case, all the news. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just time that we Christians, we get to the point where we, we throw off everything that hinders. We've got to be honest, uh, honest enough to, to confess that, you know, Lord, this is making me angry. Um, I should be better than this, but I'm not. And we got to just say, okay, I'm going to throw that off, Lord. I'm going to throw it off for you. Hey, if you've tuned in today, we've got five minutes left in this half of the program. And um, you're surprised that you're listening to Paula. This is a special date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. Uh, because yesterday we had technical difficulties and we're off the air. Uh, and I just felt like... Two weeks without you, Paula, is just way too long for San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> okay, we got four minutes. <laughs> well, I love being with you, so I really appreciate that you asked me on the show. And it kind of feels like we have back-to-back date day, so I'm good with this. Um, you know, in First John 3, 8, uh, yeah, this is another one of those reminders. Um, but Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. And, you know, uh, one of those works is to hold um, unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. And so it helps when you start praying for people. Jesus died for the whole world, even those that we hold some animosity towards. So if we will stop and start praying for them, it kind of changes our attitudes. And uh, the other thing I'm learning is, you know, because we're in the, this is your phrase, the last moments of the last days. Um, this is where we are is what we're, what we were told and where we would be. And so here we are. And that is another encouragement. We're closer to Jesus than ever before. And so for the encouragers, come out of your house and go and tell the people that Jesus loves them. We had a young lady at the church the other night, you know, and, and most people who come into the church, they they say they're Christians, but, you know, you get to know them and they're not really living like Christians. And so um, you know, I'm 68 now and you know, I think before I used to be like, oh, let me just 
befriend you before I tell the truth to you so you don't have your feelings hurt and you'll come back to church and you'll eventually hear the word and maybe one day you'll get saved and you'll understand what I'm what I really meant to say like three months ago. <laughs> Praise the Lord, you didn't die in between. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we don't have, if we're, if we're in the last minutes of the last yeah. hours of the last days, we don't have time we to We don't wait. have time for all that. And so, you know, you get the story and, oh yeah, I was raised a Christian home. I said, well, maybe this is where, why the Lord brought you to Calvary Chapel San Antonio because the story you just told me says you are not saved. <laughs> you know, and if you are, you're way far away. And so, the Lord loves you so much that he brought you here tonight. And believe it or not, just to hear from me, um, to say the truth is in the pudding. <laughs> and uh, the proof of your life is not showing any fruit at all for Jesus. And so maybe tonight is that night to either get saved or get reconnected to him and start, you know, living the truth yeah. out. And so it, it's a it's a good time for the encouragers to you know. Yeah, our Bible study tonight in Ephesians chapter 4 is about getting rid of a bunch of bad things. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Because we're in Christ now. Mm-hmm. That's who we used to be, but we're not that person anymore. Yeah. And a whole bunch of it tonight deals with anger. Okay. A whole bunch of it. Yeah. Unwholesome talk. You mentioned that in the barbershop. But, oh. but, but anger and, and other things, mm-hmm. bitterness and those kind of things. Yeah. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the revised day-day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'd love your calls. We'll be back on the other side of the break. We'll see you in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Friday date day edition of the program. We'd love your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Paula, it's... Still, sort of your day. Yeah, I know. I hope I'm. You know, I'm not the preacher, but I'm. I, I'm an encourager. You're exhorting today. There you go. I'm exhorting. Okay, so Christians, all you out there who are Christians, long for heaven. Look up. Long for heaven. We're not going to fix this world. It's not going to be uh, suitable for any of us to live in. It's like trying to uh, fly in an airplane without them pressurizing the cabin, we would just be one hot mess. Well, we're a hot mess here on this earth. We just don't fit in. And so so we don't fit in here, and we can't make it fit us. <laughs> and so we need to long for heaven. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because somebody sent me a, a joke today. Uh-oh. And it was a, a, a woman with a real scared look on her face, peering out from a door that was only slightly open, slightly uh, ajar. Uh-huh. And the headline was, what she was saying was, I'm just trying to see what part of Revelation we're in right now. And, <laughs> and I thought about that. But, but we, we too often try to make our home here on earth heavenly. Yeah. And that's nowhere in our Bibles. No, no. We're to be heavenly minded, looking up, not 
heavenly minded, making earth heaven. Yeah, not looking around. This is yeah. not. This is the the, the 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 not the reward that we're looking for, yeah. and we we have no right to expect that things are going to be fair, just, um, or or even even reasonable. Yeah. Um, so what we got to do is got to remember Jesus. You promised you'd be with me. You never leave me. I always think of Jesus telling his the disciples who would become apostles. Uh, in, in Jesus' last hours, he said, look, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, if, if I go, it's good for you that I go away. Mm-hmm. They didn't believe that. Mm-hmm. But it's good for you that I go away because when I go, I will send another comforter or counselor to you, of course, referring to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and he will live in you. And Jesus was saying another, that word in the Greek is allos. It's, it's one exactly of the same uh, character and nature, but different in, in this sense, in physicality. Mm-hmm. So instead of following me, you're going to be following me by letting the Holy Spirit direct your steps. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, when we Christians are disappointed in times like this, we look around and see uh, all of the unfairness and all of the wickedness. I've had a couple of calls this week, Paula, about how could things be so bad? God loved us. Why doesn't he fix things? Those kind of questions. Um, we're the answer. We're the fixers. And we've got the answers. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think about Jesus, you know, reading a room when he said, it's good for you that I go away. Mm-hmm. There was not one of those 12 that thought, it is, I, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, that's all we could think of. But no. they found out on the day of Pentecost exactly what Jesus meant. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine what it must have been like? I, I mean, I think about Peter's first few days, especially Peter, because he's forefront in the action. But Peter's the one who preaches a message. The Holy Spirit falls. He preaches a message. 3,000 people get saved. That's just the men, mm-hmm. not counting men, women. And, and then a couple of days goes by, and, and another 5,000 men mm-hmm. get saved. The whole city is being turned right side up for Jesus. And then Peter sort of shaking his head, um, wondering, what is all of this? <laughs> Gee, what's next for us? And then he just happens by the beggar at the gate, beautiful. And the Holy Spirit goes, psst, psst. Mm-hmm. tell him to get up. Tell him to get up. And she, I mean, Peter would say, I can't do that. I mean, he, I, I can't do and, and But then the opportunity, he's asking for money. Gold and silver, have a number. What I give, I give to you in the name of Christ. Jesus, rise and walk. Mm-hmm. And I think when that guy got up, Peter was the most surprised person in Jerusalem. I bet he was, too. But you see, that's what we got to be looking for. What does the Holy Spirit want to use you to accomplish? How can you be an encouragement mm-hmm. for somebody? Or how mm-hmm. can you exhort somebody? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and we need exhorters. When people say they're Christians, but they're not living like Christians, we got to challenge them on it. Yeah. Not all judgmental mm-hmm. and not confrontational, mm-hmm. but just say, wait a minute. You're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. The Bible says if you live like this, you won't inherit the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. What makes you think you're a believer? Yeah. Come on, let's get real about this. That's We're right. in the last days. Yeah. And there's a sense of urgency that that I've not experienced in my 29 years walking with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. we think, you know, sometimes, I, I, I know I would. Sometimes you're kind of uh, forceful or forth, right? forthcoming or whatever, you know, like telling it like it is. That's, that's my language. I don't know I'm trying to get a big <laughs> word in there. Just telling it like it is. Um, you think, oh, man. That was kind of harsh, or oh man, did I say that with love? But you know, a lot of times I I just don't even not that I don't worry about that, but I really don't worry about that so much. I know in my heart I'm saying, 
baby. No. Like when I told our own son. Yeah. Our, our very own son, who I love with all of my heart, my firstborn. What do you mean you think you're going to heaven? You know? You haven't lived one day for Jesus. Gee, Mom, you burst my bubble. But, yeah. But see, he's the one that became a believer. Yeah. But I, re- I told him I'd rather burst your bubble here than you stand before Jesus and him have to say, huh, I never knew you. Depart from me. You do of iniquity. Way better to hear that from your mother who lives here with you and who loves you and who's not judging you but just trying to make sure you get to heaven and stay in heaven than for the King of Kings, the Lord the Lord, to tell yeah, you. Yeah, and Paula, I'm going to wait for a phone call in just a second, but we we got to get over worrying about what other people think and worrying about how something sounds. If your heart is right with God, um, it doesn't matter how you're perceived. Um, you be kind. You be loving. You make sure your heart is right. And and then, then like Jesus, you're telling the truth in love. You know, when when um, Jesus was challenged by Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, mm. um, he was brutally direct with them. You brood of vipers, yeah. he said, huh? What, what makes you think mm-hmm. you're going to heaven? It's what Jesus said to him, basically. Mm-hmm. You well, think well, because you know the scriptures. We're we're sons of Abraham. No, mm-hmm. your your father is the devil. He said. Yikes! So those are things we got to be concerned about. Let's go to the phones. We got Sarah on line one. Sarah, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Yes, I have two points. One about loving as a Christian. It's easy to. Well, it's okay to get angry, but we have to be careful not to sin in our anger, and we have to mm-hmm. look at people on the other side as beings made in the image of God and say. They're acting this way because they don't know the Lord. And we need to be the bigger person, love mm-hmm. them, and also show them the Lord. Because just like Chuck Colson, he may, you know, he got in a horrible political scandal with Richard Nixon, and in prison he found the Lord. He started Prison Fellowship. And to a bunch of upright, moral people in this country, they would say, why does God care about prisoners? They should just go to hell. But God cares. The other point is sometimes we get so caught up in one little piece of the pie we worry about in our lives. We have so much in this country. I have friends in a church from Cuba. They're hor- it's horrible down there sometimes. And we get caught up in focusing on this political bit. And it could be bad. But we have so much to focus on that God reminds me, Sarah, don't worry about it. Look at all this other wonderful stuff. I'll take care of it. You just focus on me, and you tell people about Jesus. And I want to say thank you guys for being loving and being a wonderful show on the air and loving other people with the Christian Christian show, the church, the Christian school, and the free medical clinic, which thank is the you, way Sarah. we should be doing it instead of the government doing it. So thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, Sarah. God bless you. Thank you. You know, uh, Paul, she mentioned Cuba. Uh, as bad as things are in Cuba, and they're horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a move of God's Spirit going on in Cuba. Uh, a friend of mine and his wife go to Cuba. She's from there. And they go to Cuba and and take groups of evangelists and, and people just falling down, accepting mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So sometimes out of the darkness, uh, the light shines the brightest. Mm-hmm. The other thing, Sarah, that I want to say to you is, um, uh, in your anger, do not sin, is in my study tonight in Ephesians chapter 4. So so anger is okay. Um, Jesus was angry a lot. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but of course, Jesus' anger was righteous anger. We have to be sure, because we're not righteous like Jesus, we have to be sure that we don't cross that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if we get angry in an unrighteous fashion, then it just looks to the rest of the world like we're lying hypocrites. Yeah. And and what we got to do is remember who we represent 24-7. That's right. That's right. Okay, again, the encouragers unite and encourage yourself because the Lord says... If you call anybody a fool, I know a whole bunch of people in church who are calling some people fools. We need to be really, really careful. Jesus loves them. Our weapons are not worldly, but our weapons are spiritual. Sarah, Mm -hmm. God bless you and Mm -hmm. thank you for the kind words. Mm -hmm. You know, Pastor Ron, you've been teaching this for a while now. You know, come and see. That's Jesus. Come and see. Come and see, and then go and tell. And for us, you know, the scripture, there but for the grace of God go I, we could be those ones that people would call fools. And at one time in our lives before we became Christians, I'm sure we were being called fools. But somebody prayed for us, Jesus uh, ever lives to ever intercede. The Holy Spirit he sent beside us to say, you know you're not living right. You know you're not speaking or doing right. So who are we to now say, because somebody's in a position of authority over us, not to pray for them when the Lord tells us to pray for them, not, you know, call them all kind of names and be disrespectful. Yeah, and especially in a political situation, it's a double whammy. We're to pray for our leaders, whether we agree with them or not. Yeah. And, and I fear far too few, if any, Christians who are angry and sharing that anger publicly, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm pretty sure they're not spending time praying. Yeah. And if they are praying, what are you praying for? Lord, delete them? <laughs> <laughs> Spite them? You know, break their teeth out? David or, did that, but... Yeah, yeah or... Lord, you love them, and they will stand before you and give an account of why they wanted to be in charge of people. Yeah. Lord, and I don't want them. You know, admittedly, Paul is hard, but we got to respect it's the real office hard. Real hard. of president and those of us who did not vote for the man who appears is going to be our president. Mm-hmm. Um, um, far too many of us in the eight years of President Obama were brutal. And and looked anything but uh, like a Christian, yeah. and uh, we we got to do better. We got to do better because we can't misrepresent Jesus. We're ambassadors. Ambassador's job is to represent the one who sent them, and Jesus sent him sent us here for for that very purpose. Yeah, he knows at this time in this mm-hmm. we're so, here for him. And and really, Paula, that's all our ministry boils down to. Come and see. Come sit with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Talk to him. Mm-hmm. Listen to him. Let him change your heart. And then once your heart has changed, then our mission changes. We go and tell. Now, we still come and see every day. Mm -hmm. But the point is, we go and tell. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's nothing more complicated about our walk with Jesus than that. We want to know, well, where am I going to do this? And uh, what's going to happen? And how am I going to do it? And what vehicle am I going to have? Just just tell people. You know, if you want to be a a preacher, you want to be an evangelist or, or a counselor or something, um, you, you know, you, you need to be telling the people that are in your sphere of influence, influence mm-hmm. um, 
wherever you go. And if you're not doing that, why would God give you more direction? Why would God trust you with a bigger platform? Mm-hmm. Just come and see every day. Yeah. Come and see. You sit with Jesus, he changes you. Yeah. Um, when you go and tell, he empowers you and he directs your steps. And yeah. I think um, too many of us are walking absent the power of the Holy Spirit trying to do what seems right, mm-hmm. trying to do what makes sense. And there's just a lot of Christians whose witnesses are currently being compromised because um, we don't like the way things are going and we don't like the apparent um, dishonesty in the process. And for some reason, we have this expectation that things should be fair, and it's just not. Yeah. Nope. So, what are we going to do? We are come going, and see and go and tell. We're going to come and see and go and tell. <laughs> we're going to say, okay, Lord, this is where we are. What do you want me to do today? And, um, you know, just praying for people, like the other night, just being at church. Uh, well, I get texts, and I got a text saying, please pray for such and such and such and such. Can't say. And so I, I was able to just like, Holy Spirit, tell me how to pray. Tell me how to encourage this lady. And I just asked the Lord, um, would you just show off for her and the other people in her life right now, Lord, so they know it's you? He did exactly that. (laughs) She said, wow, today. Wow, God does still do miracles. And she's a a fairly new believer. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to say, well, you're in that honeymoon thing, and Pastor Ron always says, <laughs> if you ask him for something, you would not believe. She was blown away. I didn't say that, but I, I, I probably should have. But then I thought, that's kind of taking advantage of the Lord, but she should learn how to pray on her own. Jesus but, doesn't mind if we take advantage of him. Yeah, true. Huh? His goal, his object uh, is the same as ours. Okay, Lord, so hear this prayer. We are needing for unusual kindness, so come on with it. <laughs> <laughs> In the name of Jesus. That's the free restaurant we at Calvary Chapel (laughs) are working on. 340-9585 for your live calls uh, for me or for Paul or uh, toll-free 877-630-KSLR. What's next, Paula? You know, if anybody is struggling with um, hearing from God in this time because, you know, the noise is so much and uh, it's and your heart's not been in the right place, do like in, in Psalm 73, get into the sanctuary because um, so that you can hear again. Because when you're angry or living in willful sin, um, and these are my notes from one of the teachers that I had on Sunday, but I didn't write down who it's from. Um, when you're in willful sin, you can't really hear God plainly because he's not in all the chaos and the noise and stuff. He's that still small voice. And then once you, you know, turn from that, he'll open your eyes. And then once again, you'll see the vision of God. Um, He has a plan for you, big, medium, small, every single day. Um, And it doesn't have to be like, uh, I talked to a lady today, and she was saying, you know, I try so hard. I, I try so hard to please the Lord. I was like, I know that story because I was that. I was that girl, too. That was that lady, too. Um, but you know what? We already are pleasing to the Lord. And if we'll just spend time with him, you'll hear him tell you that. Um, and so if we will 
get rid of everything that hinders and that sin that so easily entangles. We will be able to hear the voice of the Lord. We'll have our eyes open to the vision that he wants. And then um, our hearts will be softened um, so that we are ever more aware that he's with us and we're with him. And what a what a great way to live your life, you know, just walking through each and every day and Jesus, I'm so thankful that, you know, I have my car that I could go meet with this lady. Jesus, I'm so thankful that your word is hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, but also that I could use that word hidden in my heart to encourage another. Lord, thank you that the Holy Spirit lives in me, and if I just call upon him who intercedes for me, you will pray what you want through me. What a cool thing. And and then people will tell you, you know, when you did this or when you did that or when you said this or when you said that. And all I could do is, I said that? Well, probably it wasn't me. I'm pretty sure it wasn't me because that was the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, Paul, uh, for, forgive me for, for butting in here, but you said it uh, in the context of this conversation. Um, whenever we say, I'm trying to be, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I'm trying to be good, I'm trying to be a Christian, I'm trying to do better, I'm trying... Um, there, there just isn't anything that, that is filled with more unbelief than that. When, when we think that it depends on us mm-hmm. in any fashion or form, then we've lost the faith. That doesn't mean we've lost our salvation, mm-hmm. but we're no longer walking in faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's why we can't hear him. And this whole idea of I'm trying to, uh, we need to remember that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. You've got to just got to tuck in behind him and walk with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. And too many of us in our unbelief are trying so hard to please the one who already has demonstrated his love for us, his pleasure with us, mm-hmm. that we're getting in his way and we can't hear the Lord at all. But, but the unbelief is rooted in I've got to do something. I've got to contribute something. Our study last Sunday in First Corinthians, God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Well, how, if I'm a fool, if I'm weak, if I'm despised, if I'm a thing that is not, how, how can I try any harder? Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say stop trying and just start dying every day. And when we do that, it, it just, all the pressure is relieved from us. Mm-hmm. So, Paula, relax. Yeah. Trust me. And and see, this is, this is we've had this conversation over many, our many, many years. Yes. Walking together with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because in you, there was always this sense that, well, well I've got to do something. I've got to do better. I've got to be better. Mm-hmm. And that is just unbelief. Yeah. And always trying to get somebody to approve or love me. And forgetting the unbelief that Jesus already has approved me. That's why I'm in his family, and You're he loves me. accepted in the beloved. That's exactly right. Okay, we got Rick holding on line one from San Antonio. Rick, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, you two. Just wanted to say I love you and check Aww. in. This Ricky Picky from Castle Hills, the guy that wants to sing you some songs someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting, Rick. Come on, Picky Ricky well, or Ricky Picky. <laughs> Yeah, well, they uh, we cut, we came up with that name about forty-five years ago because they kept saying, "Pull out your guitar and sl- sing a song, pick a song, Rick, pick a song." So I made up your silly song, but that's not why I called. I just called okay. because I was on the same page with you guys on all this stuff, and I was sitting here praying, and I was sitting here thinking how small and insignificant I am, and what could I possibly do to help anything? 
and I know better. And he just gave me the word to say that, you know, as soon as we kneel in prayer, our tiny prayer becomes God-sized, and that's mm-hmm. when it can work. And I said, man, I think I'll just call you guys and say that even though you know it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rick. And, you know, to me, that sounds like the title of a new song. I, I, my my, my sure tiny I'm prayer pretty becomes pretty God's eyes. You know, it's funny <laughs> you should say that, my friend, because that's the way it happens. And I was just saying this last two nights, you know, God, it's been a while since I wrote Never Alone or You Wrote It Through Me, and I need another couple of new encouraging songs right now, so... I have to wait until he starts writing through me, and then, boom, there they are, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rick. God bless you, man. I appreciate your call very, very much. And it's been a long time since we heard from you. It's good to hear from you. Yeah, but you've got a great voice, so you need to call more often. (laughs) Well, I love you all so much, and I wish we were together more. And it's just these crazy times just keep us all apart. I haven't seen anybody in about 10 months. So the day will come, my friend. Okay, Rick, we're looking forward to it. You too. God bless. Mm -hmm. Paula, we're inside three minutes for our revised date day show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you got three minutes to be really brilliant. Hey, here we go. (laughs) 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 You know, our problem is, you know, when we're trying, that trying, you know, we're trying because we really don't think we are able to do what the Lord asks of us, but we're going to try. We're going to try real hard instead of just relaxing and letting the Holy Spirit who is the one who's at work to will and to act in our, on our behalf, you know. Um, we, we can't do anything and, you know, just think of the, the situations that God allows in our lives um, to shape us and mold us and, you know, refine us and stuff. Just even going back to three years ago when you were having your heart issues, you know, always on the verge of passing out and stuff. I'm like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> How do I, what do I do, you know? And uh, the Lord was saying, you just pray. You just watch and watch me work, you know. And in the hospital when they said you're going to be out of there in a short time and then it wasn't a short time. And so I was questioning or asking God a question again, <laughs> you know. And he was letting me know, uh, I'm doing the work here. Just you look at me. You look at me. Stop looking down the hallway. Stop getting a little frustrated, and you keep looking at me. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I'm doing the work here. And so, you know, we just feel like we can't do it. You know, Lord, what would I do? You know, kind of a thing. You should have said, Lord, I consider it pure joy when I go through trials Mm -hmm, of many kinds. mm -hmm. Of all kinds. Yeah, of all kinds. Um, And at the time, that doesn't come natural. But encouragers, encourage yourself in the Lord. You Let me say to Norm and Lorraine, Dr. Norm, we love you and yes. we're praying for you constantly and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. I'll be back on Monday on AM 630, The Word. Um, pleasure to have you tune in every week. Have a wonderful weekend, church. We'll see you on Monday. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.